0: Welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew Farhat. I am the lead pastor of St. John's Church and School in Denver, Colorado, right across the street from Wash Park. And in this podcast, what we do is we consider what it looks like to follow Jesus. We consider what it looks like uh, to be committed to a Christ-centered worldview and operate with that as our lifestyle. This podcast is for you if you are seeking what that might look like, or if you have already committed your life to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Transform Podcast. I'm Andrew Farhad. I got special guest Phil Barnard here with me. Welcome, Phil. Hey, Andrew. Good to be here. Awesome topic for today, something that's very relevant, question that we get a lot, and uh, the question is, if I forgive, am I expected to forget? Yeah, good question. And I think that there's definitely a relationship in this question between forgiveness and trust, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so I think it's a great question. comes up a lot in the Christian community, in any community, actually, because we're people, people are messy, relationships are messy, so forgiveness will come up. Uh, this is also a common Christian topic that we do get, um, and so uh, we're going to speak in generalizations. We're not going to be able to hit every single situation, every single uh, relationship that you have or that's out there, or it's. it's and, and we do believe that sometimes when there's a heinous crime committed against someone, that is definitely different than um, just getting slapped on the wrist. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so we realize that this topic can be complex and very situational and we will make macro judgments, if you will, but then we expect people to be able to make their own micro applications what are your thoughts Bill?
1: yeah i think you really hit it there because you know this is something being a christian for way too many years now um, i've thought about since childhood the whole idea of forgive and forget or forgive and forgive or however it is um, and you can feel like you have the nice black and white answer and then something happens and you've actually got to put it into action and that's when the rubber hits the road you know and that's when you realize the the grays and the nuances and the Well, I thought I believed this, but how I'm acting actually shows me I maybe believe something else. I'm not sure, and you've just got to pull yourself up a little bit, so it's a big conversation. I'm glad to have it. Absolutely, so just to kind
0: of kick off the topic, I'm going to start with a quote from none other than Tim Keller, who has now passed away to go be with Jesus, a very respected scholar, Mm -hmm. author, and speaker, and he says this in his book on forgiveness. He says, American culture, which pits self-fulfillment against self-sacrifice. So self-fulfillment is is about you. Self-sacrifice is about others. He says, will produce revenge or withdrawal as a response to any mistreatment. In such a culture, forgiveness is seen as self-hating, and revenge and anger are considered authentic. So what he's saying is that in our culture, the way that we have set it up is so that when someone crosses you if you're expected to forgive you're just a pushover yeah you're being pushed over you're letting people take advantage of you and he says that man you are even in our culture practicing self-hatred so if you have any dignity you're going to take revenge Mm -hmm. if you have any dignity you're going to fight back you're going to punch back Mm -hmm. someone hits you on the cheek you're not turning the other cheek you're swinging Mm -hmm. Um, that's the culture that we live in and so I thought that that was a very interesting way that he you know, kind of set the tone for the conversation. Um, do you feel like this is an accurate depiction of our culture?
1: Oh, absolutely. Every time I think of that, it, it reminds me that you know Jesus is about setting up almost the upside down kingdom, like the way that we think he flips everything on its head and says, actually, this is the way that life really works. Um, but we do, we, we often we get offended and we get hurt and we get harmed and we want to seek revenge or we want to somehow take out vengeance. Um, and I understand that. But, you know, if Jesus truly is God and we believe he is, that means he knows how we best operate. And if he says forgiveness is the best way to operate, then that's the best way to operate, regardless of what our culture wants to say. Absolutely. And I'm
0: reminded of uh, my great aunt and great uncle. They lived in a small town. Um, in Washington state, very low population of people that lived in this particular small town, they could probably walk to each other's houses. Um, Sadly, there was a disagreement between them and it was something severe, but what ended up happening is they determined to no longer talk to each other. So for I think I would approximate 50 years they lived in this small town together and did not talk to each other. Mm. When my great uncle was on his deathbed, he said, I'd like to see my sister before I die. Now in my background, I'm from a Lebanese background, Mm. death is a really serious thing, and so she said, okay, I'm going to see him, I'm going to go. So, they saw each other in the hospital, they made peace, they said their goodbyes. But what I wondered is this, and then and, and of course he did die, mm-hmm. not too long after that. Mm-hmm. So what I just wondered as I reflected on that story is, would it have been possible for them to experience that peace for those 50 years, rather than to live with division for those 50 years? Mm-hmm you know, was it really worth it to have that level of division and separation in a small town even, which is even worse, cause you're like staring that person in the face every time you probably yeah, drive so. home from the grocery store, you know, or you're driving by their house or whatever. And so I'm just thinking, man, just from, I'm just speaking from a reasonableness perspective and I know what the issue was. And I do think it was something that could have been resolved. Um, I'm a big proponent of saying sorry, Mm -hmm. uh, when you know you've made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, what are your thoughts, Phil, on that?
1: Yeah, I think there's, um, I I obviously don't know the situation with that family, but I fully agree. We're called to be quick to own our actions and say sorry. Um, And I think we're also, called to be reasonably quick with accepting sorries as well when they're genuine now that doesn't mean there might not be further consequences and we'll chat about that in a minute but i also think when there are genuine apologies um you know we we're, we're called to be peacemakers, and we're called to accept that yeah okay so
0: so let's get down to it then what is forgiveness phil like what is jesus asking us to do because we know uh his teachings on this he's probably the most hardcore Teacher in the world, I think, in world history on Hmm. forgiveness. Peter asks him, Peter's one of the 12 disciples. He says, Jesus, how often am I expected to forgive my brother? And he's like, Is it like seven times? Because he's thinking, he's kind of thinking like our culture, like at some point you're not authentic and you're self hating and you're losing your dignity. Like if someone is a repeat offender seven times, like maybe there's a limit to the forgiveness, but then Jesus goes on to teach on
1: forgiveness and what it means. And so, Phil, what would you say forgiveness is? Yeah, I think my understanding of forgiveness is is not requiring or expecting um, continual punishment for the person that's hurt you. So to give an illustration, uh, you might come over to my house and I have a a wonderful, beautiful lamp that I have that I I love, it lights up my lounge room, and, and you go ahead and you break my lamp. Now, I've got a couple of options there, don't I? Can either um, punish you and demand you to pay for that lamp. You, you'd probably offer to do it anyway, being the kind of guy that you are. But I could oh, yeah, um, yeah, I could yell and scream at you and demand payment for my lamp and how dare you break my lamp and you must now pay for my lamp. Um, or I can go ahead and get the lamp fixed myself and not put that burden upon you and I can offer forgiveness and say, actually, um, part of this I'll kind of carry a little bit. Um, knowing... And, and we'll get into Jesus more in a second but knowing that I, I can actually get payment for that land from somewhere else so it's kind of like if someone steals um, ultimately dignity from us or pride or a sense of honor it's not retaliating against them in a way that demands payment from them but knowing that I can actually look for whatever they've taken from me I can look to Jesus for instead mm-hmm. what did Jesus do to make payment well I mean ultimately he died for us on, on the cross, he took our sins for us um, and there are, the Bible is just littered with promises from God that he will be all that we need his grace is sufficient for us, everything that we need comes from him, our, our identity our honour, our pride everything that we re- require comes from God anyway so we can look to him so I know if someone steals that from me um, I don't have to go to seek revenge on them to get it back I can actually look to God to get it back So what
0: you're saying is Jesus has paid the price for all sin, Mm -hmm. including their sin, and you're releasing them from the debt Mm -hmm. that they owe you. You're Mm -hmm. releasing them from anything, any sort of punishment that you're wanting to take Mm -hmm. against them. So, and I guess I would say, here's how this makes sense to me, and here's how it's impacted my life as a human being, as now a follower of Christ, is jesus forgave me he paid the price for all of my sin Mm -hmm. and this is kind of how jesus goes after it in response to peter is he's basically saying god has forgiven us of a large debt he uses the illustration of millions of dollars Mm -hmm. that we owe god and so what he is saying is since i've canceled this debt from you through the payment, the blood of Jesus Christ, you should be able to apply that payment, that forgiveness to other people mm-hmm. too. So so when I hear you talk, I think about the significant sacrifice Jesus made mm-hmm. on the cross to make payment, but I feel like that's only powerful if the individual who's granting forgiveness has also received forgiveness mm-hmm. themselves. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with that, because it's just, um, it, it's like an expression of our understanding that God has been gracious and merciful to us, and only through that can we go and express grace and mercy to other people. Right, so it's like, it's
0: it's, it's almost like, if you haven't experienced God's grace and the power of His forgiveness, man, you can kind of stay hard in yeah. life, you can stay hard-hearted. You could say, you know, if anybody, you know punches me, I'm going to knock them out. That's what I, That's all I know how to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, but what Jesus is trying to teach us, and, and, and he uses these illustrations as analogies, what he's trying to teach us is, hey, there's a better way for peace and love to reign. There's mm-hmm. a better way for human beings to relate to each other. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, as I'm talking about this, man, wouldn't the world be a better place if we practice what Jesus said? Yeah. Man, There's there's a lot of stuff going on right now. A lot of hatred, a lot of war. We're not just all we're we're not letting peace and love reign, are we? No, it's trouble. So, the forgiven forgive, Um, and what we're doing is when we forgive is we're canceling a debt. That is what Jesus says we're doing is we're canceling someone's debt. Just as he canceled our debt, we're releasing them from their death, from us, um, and then also, Phil, I wonder if this kind of framework helps too, like, we're all sinners, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think when we get into this stuff, and there's people that are in the camp that Tim Keller is discussing, it could be that you think that you're just this amazing person, and the person, the other person is uh, just a villain, and. You know and we don't know every situation there are evil people out there but i would say this man we're all sinners so i think we need to have expectations that sinners are going to act like sinners yeah yeah it's, it's going to be messy
1: it's not going to just be all perfect yeah and, that, and that's part of the just reflecting on god's forgiveness of us is, is we you know god's going do you think you're perfect you're not perfect i have to forgive you as well so uh, everybody down here i think is walking around to it with a degree of brokenness and we're all trying to make our way through life in that brokenness um it's just expressed in different ways right so next question is this
0: is forgiveness the same as trust and the reason i ask that is because i think in the question for the podcast there is a little bit of direction in, in that relationship of forgiveness and trust and so The question is am i expected to forget if i forgive and
1: what would you say phil well i would say that i we we would be silly to forgive everyone that's wronged us and then fully trust them again um, with things that are valuable to us i think if you look through the bible god forgives people but at times there are still consequences for their sin if you look at adam and eve they sinned against god Um, In the Garden of Eden, did he forgive them? Yes, he made them new loincloth, he promised them eternal life, he promised that the Redeemer would come through them, but at the same time he removed them from paradise. And he said, you will go back to the dust eventually. And he said, you'll have pain in childbirth and and your toil will not be productive, it'll be fruitless to a degree. So there are all these consequences. They sinned against him, he placed boundaries around them um, as a consequence. But he still still forgave them, right?
0: I think it's a really good point. So, and there's probably several examples, and we could just kind
1: of you know continue to speak yeah, could talk them. about Moses and David, and even the the prodigal son to a degree. that it was a parable, but the prodigal son came home and he was forgiven. Did the father give him all his wealth back? Not that we know of. He still had to live with the consequence of his sin, which was that he wasted all the father's wealth. You guys had a really cool party with he steak. Had
0: a great time for a little dancing. while dancing. But we don't know about (laughs) full restoration financially. Yeah. Yeah, he still had to live with the consequences of his choices. Yeah, so I think you make a great point. So forgiveness is a decision to cancel someone's debt. Mm -hmm. Trust is based on behavior, and trust takes time. Because relationships take time. So you may forgive somebody of what they did and how they sinned against you. But it doesn't necessarily mean that everything's just going to go back to being the way they were before. And so I don't think you can just say, you know, forgetting should just come instantaneously. I think you can choose to forget. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, um, if you did something to wrong me, Phil, let's just say, I can forgive you. But then it would take time for me to trust you again mm-hmm. and then for me to forget. Mm-hmm. But I do think there can, like, we can as human beings, I think, get to a point in our relationships where forgiveness means I'm no longer going to throw this back in your face. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to keep throwing something back in your face forever if you've demonstrated
1: a great track record, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, if you were going back to lamp illustration, if you came into my house and you broke my lamp the first time and I forgave that, but next time you're over, you broke it again, and then you broke it again, you broke it again, you know, it would be sh- kind of stupid of me to keep inviting you over with my lamp left out. Like I would, I would need to put a boundary around that. Uh, but if you've proven yourself, you came over and you know, you're a great guest from that point forward, then the lamp is forgotten and we move on. Even if I bring beer each time, would that be okay? It does help. (laughs) It certainly helps, unless that was the cause of the
0: breaking (laughs) land. Oh, yeah, sometimes those go hand in hand. All right, so here's the third question, Phil. Uh, What about if I do not feel like I have forgiven? And then this is what I tell people. Forgiveness is a decision. Emotions sometimes need time to catch up with your decision. So if you have emotions that tell you I haven't forgiven it doesn't necessarily mean you haven't forgiven because your feelings are different than a choice Mm -hmm. so again forgiveness is a choice and you're saying I am going to give up my right to punish them to get back at them I'm gonna release them from this debt of mine with that said you know let's say it's somebody uh, in a situation let's say it's a female who was in a bad relationship with her dad for many years you know that, that can take some time that can take some time emotionally mm-hmm. to recover to be restored for trust to be rebuilt but you still can make the decision to say i forgive them and what a healthy thing that is to do because here's what i tell you we want to live today in a way that helps us thrive tomorrow and down the road, yep. yep. you know. So if you're carrying that bitterness, if you're carrying that anger and pain for so long, it's also a burden on your life. Mm-hmm. And Jesus wants you to say, forgive as I have forgiven you, love as I have loved you.
1: Any thoughts you have on that, Phil? Yeah, I think we, we even know these days from, you know, biological research that, um, unforgiveness harbors stress, and stress causes damage to the body. Too much stress. So when Jesus is asking us to release it, it's not just psychologically good for us, it's physiologically good for us. Our bodies do better when we let go of those things that are burning us down. Absolutely.
0: There's another quote I have from Tim Keller here. He says, Wraith, this is a word that we get for wrath, is an old word for a ghost, a spirit that can't rest. He says, ghosts, according to legend, stay in the place where something was done to them and they can't get over it or stop reliving it. If you don't deal with your wrath through forgiveness, wrath can make you a wraith, turning you slowly but surely into a restless spirit, into someone who is controlled by the past, someone who's haunted. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Wow, that's a powerful... He's a great illustration. illustration. Yeah, and it's like, man... Um, you you can really think about the reality of that. Like you can rehearse conversations, mm-hmm. rehearse what you would have done here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, live in bitterness and reliving the past, or you can practice forgiveness. You can practice um, understanding the gospel that Jesus paid the price for all sin and move forward. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, and I think part of that is that is really reflecting on what is it that you feel that you've lost in that incident? And how can you go to Jesus to get that back? Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you've lost honor, how do you go to him to get that back? You, you know, he, he provides everything for us. So um, that, that's where I think that the hanging on to it comes from. It's still like, I have to get this back from somewhere rather than I can get this back from Jesus. Absolutely, absolutely. So Phil, let's get a little
0: bit practical on one issue that mm-hmm. I think is important is doesn't forgiveness happen when the other person repents? So in other words, um, don't they have to come to me to say sorry before I forgive them? Don't they need to make the first step before I do anything when it comes
1: to forgiving them? Um, What are your thoughts on that? Well, if we truly believe that forgiveness is a choice that we're doing, then my choice shouldn't be reflected uh, or coerced by somebody else's actions. Well said. This is, this is my choice that I'm choosing to do, um, I don't have to sit here and wait for your behavior. Absolutely. So, forgiveness takes one, mm-hmm. reconciliation takes two. And that, and that's another level. The yes. Reconciliation is definitely another level on and up from forgiveness. Absolutely. So,
0: let's hit that a little mm-hmm. bit, because I think that's pretty relevant mm-hmm. in the church, and relevant for human beings in general, is when would you say scripture teaches us to reconcile and then what might be a situation where you kind of need to move on
1: from the relationship and just move forward yeah well i think scripture calls us to as much as it's um open to us to reconcile as much as we can with when it's within our power um but there are times when I, I, would, I would say there are times that the offence against you was so great and so heinous that you can forgive and you can release them from that punishment. Um, but I would agree that you would have difficulty reconciling with that person. Yeah. Um, especially if there's a fear that that could be repeated. Absolutely. That would be a big problem if there's not a trust there that um, the, the event or the incident is not going to be retreated then I would, I would not... Encourage kind of active reconciliation, if I can like that.
0: Yeah, I feel like again, this is a great opportunity here to repeat hey, we're being general here. We don't mm-hmm. know your situation, we don't know thing that's going on in your life. However, we can say for sure, I think in scripture, it's like if it's um, Paul says, be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit mm-hmm. through the bond of peace go and reconcile with your brother, Matthew 5, verses Mm -hmm. 23 and 24. Uh, If a person sins against you, go to the person and tell them their fault between the two of you with the hope you win over your brother or sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. So he's giving us high standards for genuine believers that we would walk in love, that we would walk in forgiveness and be eager for them. So I think when it comes to that, it's like that should be our default mode. And we should be eager for that. We should be willing to meet if somebody wants to meet Mm -hmm. and say, hey, you know, I'd I'd like to meet and I'd like to discuss what happened here. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we can resolve it. But I think we need to get together. I think as Christians, we should always say yes to that invitation. Mm -hmm. Now, to your point, there could be uh, destructive behavior Mm -hmm. out there. And I use that term very generically. But I think in Scripture, sometimes it's people who are could be toxic influences for a church mm-hmm. the Bible calls them false teachers you know they if they persist in that they may need to go <laughs> you know um, there can be people that come and infiltrate churches to cause division like they like to cause factions mm-hmm. and separate people if they persist in that they may be somebody that needs to go um, and then to your point it could be someone who committed a heinous crime against you. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously, like, you're not going to be like uh, friends after that.
1: Forgiveness is still there, and we'd still advocate for that on every time. But, but yeah, R- restoring that relationship, I can understand, would be a lot more difficult and not always appropriate. Right. And this is where I
0: think Romans 12 is helpful. Paul says, So much as it's possible, live at peace with everyone. Mm-hmm. So, what he's saying is, as far as it depends on your side of the street, don't give anyone a cause to uh, find fault with you because you're simply forgiving and you're loving. But it doesn't mean you're gonna go and try to hunt every single person down that's mad at you, to, um, or that you're mad at that's caused mm-hmm. something extremely um, destructive to happen. Yeah, so if there
1: was like an issue of ongoing safety, that would be one way we wouldn't necessarily recommend having um you know having people over to your house all the time if there was an issue of unrepentant ongoing safety absolutely for instance yeah for sure
0: for sure and safety is something we think about a lot around here isn't it
1: a little too much but
0: yeah <laughs> it's, it's important <laughs> and it's a good thing to think yeah. about and yeah safety's huge and uh if there's someone out there that's causing you to feel unsafe you know that's that's a Whole other situation than just like you know having your wrist slapped. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very good. So um to wrap this up, I feel like if you're if you're out there and you're listening, um I would say the Bible default mode is teaching us the gospel mm-hmm. of God's grace. That Jesus came and died for sin, he cancels our debt and he expects Christians to live in a way that shows love and peace and forgiveness Um, but yeah a big takeaway from today is forgiveness is not the same as trust forgiveness is a choice trust is a process and it's based on behavior and it takes time and -hmm. there's a speed to it Mm -hmm. and here is the speed of trust it takes time to build it but it can be lost in a, second. in a second if something extremely unethical was committed mm-hmm. that's the speed of trust so it's so much different than forgiveness it takes time and it's a process and it takes effort and I would say this in our relationships I think that's what we're constantly going after is we're going after trustworthiness mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. going after showing hey, I'm a trustworthy person I'm going to mm-hmm. show you mm-hmm. And I think that's when we have healthy relationships, is when people demonstrate that. Phil, thank you for being on the show today. It's a pleasure, Andrew. Thank you. It's always awesome you being on here. And if you are interested in submitting a topic or question to the podcast, you could do it at hello at sjdenver.org. Also, if you were blessed by today's message, you're welcome to subscribe, follow, and share it with somebody that you think would be encouraged or guided according to God's holy word. We'll see you next time. Take care.